the camera thing, it's it's all about lenses, I've found. Yeah. And I like um, different lenses for different things. Yeah. I think for club photos, you have to make a decision if you're going to use flash or not. Yeah, I haven't used the flash at all yet. And if you don't use flash, you need a big aperture. So you need to yeah. find yourself a 1.2 or 1.4. I cannot remember. I can't remember what lens I had first. And then Strobe came in the one night with the same camera, and he was shooting these photos of Sam Andres, like, real close, but it was still, like, real wide and nice and tight. Yep. And that was, like, my big problem. I wasn't able to, like, get these really cool, like, kind of wide shots. So I ended up getting the same lens that he was using that night, and I can't even remember what it is now because it's been a couple years. But that's the one I've been using. I haven't even taken that lens off since. So I shoot all the drink photos and all that stuff with that. You, but you don't remember what it's called? I can't remember the number. So, so, F thir- so, you, so you want like 35 millimeter or 50 millimeter prime lens. It's a prime lens, so you don't have a focus on it. Or sorry, you don't have a, a zoom on it? Uh, yeah, no zoom. Good. So that's a prime lens, which is what you want, I, yeah. I personally think. And, and then the other key is the aperture size, the, the maximum aperture size. Yeah. So how much light? can get into right can yeah. get onto the sensor yes and i mean 1.2 1.4 is really what you want so yeah this one is just a wide angle lens that's what i'm using here that people are looking at your face with yes and it's a 20 millimeter which is very wide so it's 20 really, mil yeah okay so i don't have to get very far back from you in order to see your face your torso and yes. everything else right right the 35 millimeter is a lot of people say the closest to the human eye I think 35 is what I, the newest one that I bought. Yeah. So like what we yes. see is the width of 35 millimeters. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what, damn, I cannot remember the first one I had though that came, what came, what comes with the camera? Usually it's like 55 to 105 or something like that. Like it's, yeah, I don't know. Something basic with a zoom. For club photography, a lot of the time I would use 2470 and I have one with a flash. Um, yeah. And that way you can you can get really wide with 24 millimeters. Cause like I said, 20 millimeters is, is quite wide. Yeah. Um, the reason I got it, this camera specifically was because of it takes such great photos with minimal light. Mm-hmm. Yep. That, like I did all kinds of research on yep, it cause yep. Goldmark's so dark and I was like, <laughs> it is. it's so I dark. W- Why is that? <laughs> People, because man, that's the whole thing. That's, I love it. Is it like, I mean, is that what you're looking for? Like, yeah, a hundred percent without a doubt. Because you have the I used to go, easy in the back. Are I you used allowed to, to talk the, about that? I don't know. Yeah, I don't care. I used to go to these spots when I when I was younger in New York, in like Brooklyn. Yeah. And it would be like little DJ spots, like cocktails and stuff. And it was so dark. And I remember walking into numerous places where like literally the, the only light in like the whole bar was like candles. I remember this one spot specifically. It was called Kings County. It's, I don't, I probably, there's no way it's there anymore. Literally, they, there was like five candles in this whole bar. It was like as big as the goal mark. You couldn't see two feet in front of your face. It was so packed. People, it wasn't like goal mark where like people were dancing. It was like people were chilling. I loved it. I was like, this is the vibe. People are like having fun. It's chill. Everybody has like their own little dark corner nook with a candle, you know? You're trying to facilitate makeouts. Well, You're trying to I, well, help people... Kinda. I mean, a yeah, bit. a little bit for it's a, sure. It's kind of sexy. I, right? I look at nightlife like a high school dance. Like the lights go out and all the kids go, woo. It doesn't change when you become an adult. Like I've said this over and over and again. And that's the reason it's you won't same, put a party light in there. 
I don't want a party light. Well, I have the no fucking request sign. So like whenever something really goes off or like if there's like some kind of thing, we'll pop that on. But the funny thing about that light is people get excited when they like feel that light come on, but then they look at that light and they go, oh, like I'm being a dick. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like I I literally had this group of guys. This is like maybe you might have been there that night. It's like maybe a month ago. And they I had put it on a bunch of times because we were trying to get a we were trying to get a 360 cam video of the crowd. And every time you bust on the no fucking request sign, we get this little nice little like pop of light and you can see everybody dancing and having a good time. But there was this group of guys next to the DJ booth and they were like, all right, man, we get it. No request. And and I looked over to them. I was like, yo, I'm just using it for the light. And they were like, oh my bad. (laughs) But like, I get how they could like, you know, it's a little aggressive. Um, but I also think it's meant to be, it's for you. It's for you. (laughs) You mean to protect me when I'm DJing? Exactly. See, for me, requests have always been really helpful. I've never been that great of a tastemaker. I'm not selecta, and um, and so in order that is a, such a lie. Yes, you are. You have great music taste. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But you know, it's more. It's more. It's not so much about dissing the crowd. It's just kind of like set a precedent. Like we know what we're doing up here. We don't necessarily need your input. But we're not. It's not like we're gonna turn it down. But you know how it is with DJing. Like, if you get a request, it's all about how the person presents the request. Am I right? Oh yeah. If somebody's screaming at you about why have you played my shit yet, I'm about to leave with my five girlfriends. It's like, well, that's not not how it works. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I. For me, a lot of the time, it it was ego tip. Like it was my ego would kind of interfere with with me hearing something that I actually needed. The best example I can give is when I used to DJ at at this club that we used to rent out um, at Pitt. It was uh, Ginza. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Where was that? It was crazy. It's in Oakland. And it's gone, 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 gone. It it was insane. We used to pee in the DJ booth in bottles. There was no way to get out. Oh, yeah. We would sell 500, like, at the door. It was that big? No. It was was smaller than Goldmark. And you'd sell 500 tickets? Yeah. Yeah, we we crushed that place, and the bar was just strictly kamikazes, like no real booze, just a little tiny bit of vodka. I mean, they made so much money off our parties; it was insane. Yeah, they probably loved you. And and basically, come do that (laughs) gold When I'm joking, yeah, I don't have those connects anymore. I probably didn't back then. Go back to college, (laughs) me tips. But I, yeah, I had some. It was interesting. I mean, the the party that I'm that I'm referencing was when it was just strictly a black crowd yeah and i did not have the right music and what had happened was both jeezy and uh so young jeezy had an album that had come out that week sure and it's probably i can't remember which one it was but then like the ice man or ice man 2 or something just before i met you no i don't think so around the time like 2006 okay. 2007 okay and and then also um, uh, freaky girl, Gucci man had, oh, Gucci had man. also yeah, dropped. Yeah. So there was a Gucci album and a Jeezy album, sure. and I had neither one. Okay, and that's the only thing anybody wanted to hear. It was, yeah. it was like this is you know whatever you're playing isn't new enough for us to enjoy ourselves. I'm trying to think of what single would have been on that Jeezy album, but that Gucci man song was huge. I remember playing that night after night. Yeah, I mean, there's you know, and, and I guess. To bring it back, bring it back to requests. Yeah, it's you know, 
I have, you know, I have, sure, I have what I want to hear, but it's never, it's not really about that. I think yeah. when I was DJing, it was, I was always trying to prove something to myself about like my music is the best. And really what I could have focused more on is just try to give people what they want. Just give them an experience sure. and, and kind of cater to the audience. But I guess it's kind of a balance. I, I totally get it. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I mean, it was never like intended to diss the crowd. It was more like, okay, we're a DJ bar. Yeah. It, was, it was honestly, it was just going to be no requests. And then I was talking to my <laughs> dude, Aaron, from one of the guys that owns Shop 4 and 2. And he was like, man, you should just make it say no fucking requests. And I was like, yeah. It's kind of gangster. It is. And then we were like, cool. And it just happened to work out. We had this weird hole in the brick wall there. And I was like, let's do it. It's, it'll be perfect right here. So. Yeah. And then, yeah. There, I mean, sometimes like one of the bartenders will pull up that like little tiny party light <laughs> yeah. too. That's a new, funny. that's a newer thing. That's like yeah. within a year. Yeah. Yeah. The one, uh, Nicole. Uh, my one bartender, Nicole M, not my wife. Her name's Nicole too. Yep. That yep. gets that gets confusing. Nicole the nurse, not the not Nicole yes. the, the drug rep. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Uh yeah, she bought that on Yep, on Amazon. Amazon. Yep. Yeah, it was like five bucks. It's it's funny because my wife bought the same one. Yeah. And it was actually like one of the nicest things anybody's ever done for me. I think it was my birthday. It was pandemic. Like nothing was open. Yeah. And like I really wanted to go out and just dance. Yeah. And she like created a rave at home without telling me she like surprised me by buying this party light yes. put on music it was like really <laughs> that's awesome. fucking nice that's great it was one it was super super that's nice. actually really funny because whenever we got shut down we did a couple streams and we i had this goofy little light at our house and whenever nicole and i were streaming you know like two o'clock in the morning after way too many drinks whenever the pandemic first started we started like we have a, there's a really funny video on my IG of her and I dancing with this light on that I like barely remember because we were probably drinking way too heavy. But yeah, but yeah, when the Goldmark reopened, Nicole McManus was like, Oh, I'm totally getting this light. And she just showed up with it one night and put it on during, she always plays it during Pepys. That's like, she loves that song and she always plays it during that song, which is like kind of played out at this point, but we still rock it because people go nuts. It's a, um, it's like the Latin song. Yeah. Yeah. Big chant. Like everybody, you know, it's a, it like runs the border of like, I, it's a great song. It runs that border of like EDM, but not really kind of still housey, you know? Yeah. Which is a nice, it, it fits. That's about as high of an energy level as we'll get in the gold mark on like a, on like a weekend night. Like, no crazy big EDM drops or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, it's not, not that people won't go nuts to certain things, but that, for me, like, for a song, that's, like, a good it's portrayal. Not, it's not really built for, for big EDM drops. Mm. I mean, there's no nah. bottle service. There's no, like, nah. you don't really there's have no big subs. <laughs> there's no lights, and there's no, like, big subs or, or CO2 or anything yeah. to, like, yeah. get that drama going. Nah. It's yeah, a hip-hop no club. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a DJ bar and it a hip-hop is a, club. It is a DJ bar, and that's yep. what... Like young people that come in, they always refer to it as a club. They'll be like, "Oh my god, you own this! I love your club." And I'm like, "It's not a club." Nah. And then you know, but the funny thing is, like, we grew up with huge clubs in Pittsburgh, and totally. My first experience of Pittsburgh nightlife, yeah, was Club Zoo. Yeah, dude. Yes, with probably you DJing, right? I didn't actually DJ. Well, what I, was ha I had played there before. Well, you mentioned like playing at a under at like an eighteen and up club. In Pittsburgh, in some of the interviews, yeah, uh, Jets. That was a that was one. a big one. Whenever I was younger, yeah, but that that was like 
a monster room. That's how I kind of grew up. I like learned how to DJ in that room basically yeah. for like a thousand kids every week. It was yep. like insane. And it was also in the strip? That no, that was in Harmer, which is like, you know, ten miles outside of Pittsburgh, like downtown Pittsburgh. Yeah. But dude, monster, monster. It was a beautiful club. Crazy lights and the most insane DJ booth ever. My grandma had paid for me to go to Carnegie Mellon pre-college. Okay. I didn't I, even know that. Yeah. I was like like coming back and forth from Ann Arbor to Pittsburgh my entire life. Okay. Because my grandparents were here. My dad grew up here and I my do remember grandparents that. lived here. And I kind of got my shit together by the end of high school, but I still wasn't a very attractive candidate for colleges. And my grandma knew it, and she had connections. Yeah. And so she just filled out the paperwork and got me, like, a spot at CMU pre-college. That's great. I took sound engineering, which was, like, how I learned a lot of the shit I know. I don't think I know that either. It was, like, Carnegie Mellon-level yeah. physics. Learning about, you know, there's actually, like, ten different types of decibels. Uh, no. There's, I know nothing. It was wild. Learning about, like, stereo pair recording of symphonies getting an opportunity to actually demonstrate it. But like our, our yeah. final project was recording a symphony and stuff like that, like setting up all the sound, breaking it all down, miking drums, learning which type of drum mic works for which. Damn, so you got to do all that? Uh, yeah, that's a whole other uh, level of madness. Yeah, uh, so that was like long before I ever thought about DJing. I mean, you'd been DJing at that point for a decade. Yeah, way but, too long. Or almost. But like for me, that was my first kind of interaction with Pittsburgh and we would all go to you know, we would take a bus, I guess, and go to the strip district or, or cabs. I mean, back, I mean, obviously there was no yeah. Uber, but we would cabs like, are hard to come by too. get in a cab or like a, a jitney cab, which was just like a guy who took your money. Yep. Which is wild. To they think got, about. they got you there. <laughs> it was like Uber without a phone. <laughs> it's like Uber without a phone, except in a busted ass minivan. And you had to like no. pay some dude cash. Yeah, and no way of tracking it. Like, yeah, it's it crazy. Absolutely, we would just put our our lives into our own hands. Yeah. And well, and remember that when your the, kids are growing up, remember all the crazy shit you did. The girls all had their purses completely full of Evil Eye beer. Okay, which was like the cheapest beer that we would get at the time, and we'd find somebody to to buy it for us, and then we'd show up at Club Zoo. And I have no idea who was DJing, but that was my first experience at Pittsburgh mm. nightlife. And like you said, PDC, he played there Whoa. back then. He was real young. I didn't know yeah. he'd been DJing that long. I don't know. I'll have to ask him the years whenever he played there. But I know he yeah. played there. Chris Furman, Firm, who owns Enclave. Yep. I think Firm sounds more possible. I mean, mm. for me, I've always felt like PDC and I were like compatriots, you know, for sure. For like like peers at yeah. the same level when we were coming up at the same time. Because there was this really actually pretty significant handing of the like changing of the guard. When he beat me in the battle, right? So yeah. When, which was, what battle was it? Um, 2000. Not three style. Was it three style? Yeah, three style. Yeah. The, what was it? The first three style? Yeah. Like, second three style? Yeah, whatever no. it was. Second three style. Second three style. That was he, like 2010. He had, yep. Yep. So it was like one of the last years I was DJing in Pittsburgh. I, I graduated in 2009 and then I stayed here 2010 and 11 with a job at UPMC and, yeah. and mostly DJing. Mostly like trying to do the producer thing yeah. with Moonbatone, which is so with crazy. Danny Longarm. Because that's that's when you used to run into Nicole, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, well, I was also working in, through college, so 2008 and 2009, I had a job in the lab, and she was the rep for what was it, Pfizer, like p micro pipettes. <laughs> I don't remember which company. Uh, starts with a V. <laughs> I can't remember, dude. I don't know. She worked. She worked for a but few. But it's crazy. Like I kind of knew her before I knew you. 
Sort of. Yeah, yeah, I did know that. Uh, but then I, I remember when we started dating, I was like, oh, you guys know each other? I was like, I didn't know that. The um, So the interactions with you to circle back to photography, it's actually kind of interesting how the like there are memories of like times we've hung out yeah but there's really moments in time which which are captured because i was photographing you know and i have like great pictures yeah of you know when you went out and played at vince mazzy's brooklyn uh roller like roller skating down in derby oh yeah 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 and then oh yeah you posted that recently yeah uh you know baby nug (laughs) like that was really fun Oh, amazing. You were living there then, right? Yep. Yeah. 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 And um, like great pictures from, you know, tiny giant shows from like from the one time you had me back at, at Goldmark. Yes. When I wanted to kind of figure out a couple things, which were like about how you made the transition from Slickville, how you got to Pittsburgh. I guess you were in college here, but like, yeah, did you want did you always know you were going to be a DJ or did you think you were going to be a club owner or bar owner? Like how yeah. did you come to live in Pittsburgh? Okay. Time? So grew up in a really small town, Slickville, uh, graduated high school, had no idea what I wanted to do. I started DJing when I was 15. So I started DJing high school dances when I was 15. There was base. I went to a really small high school. It was like, f- I graduated like 55 kids, super small. So this kid that was in my town i grew up in this other little small town called slickville and this kid that was uh right live right the street from me mike he was graduating and he and i had this crazy music cd tape collection not vinyl yet and he was like dude they need a they need they're gonna need a dj you should take over i took over fell in love with it um this was for high school dances high school yeah yeah me and my buddy ron we got we basically got like we we like made a deal with our parents where it was like my parents bought me these two crummy speakers and then his mom bought him an amp and then we like DJed the first dance together and he didn't really like it. We might've did like three or something like that. He didn't like it. So then I ended up buying the amp off of him, paid my parents back for the couple speakers they bought me. And then I just kept doing it. Like people would hit me up and be like, come and DJ at my house. And I just go DJ at somebody's house. I wouldn't get paid. You know what I mean? It'd be like a, party somebody was throwing for a birthday i just wanted to dj but i wasn't really djing i was playing like two songs off of like sony discman like portable cd players i had i didn't even have a mixer i was just like i had like this little kind of a mixer radio shack joint it was like a crossfader i was just like fade between songs you just like came up with your own idea of what a dj was uh i knew what it was because i was really really into hip-hop and uh uh, amongst other music back then, you know, like classic high schooler. I was into like, one day I wanted to wear a chain wall and look like I was in Nirvana. And the next day I wanted to be in Wu-Tang Clan. You know, like, like I miss that like innocence of just like, you're not being judged. You're just like, this is all the stuff that I'm into, you know? Um, it was different back then. You kind of had to like pick what you were into. And totally. Yeah. We actually had three floors in our high school and like the goths hung out on the first floor. The yeah. second floor was like the alternative kids. And then the third floor was like, Perhaps. Yep. I get that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I, you had a much bigger high school experience than me. I'm sure. Yeah. My, it was like, nobody even like was like into music in my school for the most part. It was like me and a couple of my friends. Um, but anyway, got really into break dancing. Um, with a few of my friends and it was from going to these little under 21 clubs. 
like a circle would bust out and people would start dancing. And there was one in La Trobe called Planet Bubba that we would go to. And that was like every Saturday night or every Friday night or after a while, probably every night I could go there. I was just like, I was obsessed and like listening to the DJ and they were playing all vinyl and kind of like watching and whatever I could do. Any, any way I could be a part of any of that stuff. And then, um, break dancing. Do you remember who it was? Not off the top of my head. There was a dude that played at there and at this club jets, which ended up doing a Sunday night party that was under 21. And I, I remember realizing it was the same guy at both places. And I was like, Oh my God, he was really good. And I cannot remember his name for the life of me. Somebody asked me this recently. I'm like, dude, I cannot remember his name. It's terrible. But maybe was one of the first people you ever saw, like totally mixing vinyl. Yeah. The only other exposure that I had to it was like, uh, I always referenced the funk master flex 60 minutes of funk CDs. Cause like we were buying, we were, I was consuming so much music back then, but the only other place that I could hear a DJ was on whammo on Friday or Saturday nights when they did the live mix shows late at night, I would turn my little boom box down in my bedroom and just hit record with a tape. And I'd try to get an hour of the DJ mixing. And that was just like an amazing time because they're playing wild stuff that they would not play during the day on the radio. So much hip hop coming out then. Um, and that was the same DJ that I guess Selecta and Bus Crates were listening to on Whammo. Was yeah, it? Uh, I'm, I'm for sure. Cool. Oh, dude. DJ. I don't know. Can't There's. Right. I, uh, I should. I should know this one because I, I should know it too. And it's embarrassing that I don't. But there was a bunch of good mix show DJs on the air back then. Selecta would definitely know the answer. The big one for me growing up was. Um, uh, is it JLB? Is that that's not a Pittsburgh one, right? Yeah, WJLB in in Detroit, which was the electrifying Mojo. Okay, so a lot of people talk about Mojo, kind of like jump starting their experience. Okay, and it yeah. was it was that which was not hip hop. Yeah, so like electronic music. Exactly. Yeah. After dark, it was it was ghetto tech. Yeah, and okay. that's what I would. That's what I was hearing on. on yeah. The radio. See, I wasn't introduced to that for uh-huh. many years later. Yeah, uh, it was like also Canadian radio. I grew up on because in Detroit, it's you're actually south of like Windsor. Yeah, right. And so one of the Windsor channels was eighty eight point seven eighty nine X, which was the rock channel that I grew up on. Mm. So I guess there was also this conversation about whether you wanted to do radio because you you did yeah. you go Point Park. Yeah. So I started doing these breakdancing shows, and I was coming down to Pittsburgh a lot. I was probably like seventeen or eighteen, so I wasn't old enough to do shit. But Mo, uh, my good friend, I met him doing a breakdancing battle at a club at Jets at that under 21 club. And he was like, you got to come to the city and do a show with us. And I was like, I would love that. You know, I had to like go home. I'm like trying to explain this shit to my parents. And they're like, you can't go to the city by yourself. You're 17. What did they do? What did my parents do? My mom was an x-ray technician. My dad worked for uh, child welfare in Westmoreland County. So he like took kids out of like bad homes and interesting. Yeah. A lot of like crazy kid stuff. Huh. Um, so yeah, my, but my parents are very country, very like, you know, grew up in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. They didn't understand. Like, what, what are you talking about? Breakdance battle. Mean, like very supportive, surprisingly, you know, probably thought I was insane. I had cardboard, like duct tape to my carpet in my bedroom and I was like doing head spins. And they're like, what is going on? I'm just slamming the floor. Go up in a small house. You know what I mean? Like the whole house is rattling. Uh, but anyway, so I graduate high school and I'm like, I'm just going to take a year off and try to figure out what I want to do. And I had, I had, 
I was doing these breakdancing shows and I was DJing a little bit in the city, like for underage stuff, um, with a couple other friends. But without turntables yet, because that was when you met. Bonnix. Actually, that I had turntables then. Yeah, one of those shows at Jets, you met Bonix and saw them DJing with the turntables. And... Bonix came into play because we were doing a night on Tuesdays at a place in the Strip District, which ended up being becoming Deja Vu. It was called Area Fifty One. We met these guys and they were like. You guys, we wanted to throw an under 21 night and they, the way that bar was set up, they were able to like basically have a separate bar area where if you were over 21, you could drink in an under 21 area. And so we pitched them at this idea. And this also goes back to like opening a bar. I was like 18 years old when we were pitching this idea to like a bar, like, Hey, can we do this? And we were like learning the ins and outs of, Okay, you need a separate area to sell alcohol. You got to, you know what I mean? It's still the same to this day in in Pittsburgh. Every city's different, but so I'm learning all this random weird stuff about nightlife. I'm learning about cover charges and fake IDs and, you know, all kinds of goofy stuff and I'm like 18, but at that time I had already gotten turntables. I was coming to the city and then I went to community college for like a year and a half, I think three semesters or something. I ended up getting a random scholarship to Point Park. Hmm. And I tried to go to Point Park <laughs> for dance. I tried to try out for dance, which was like a the most embarrassing, humbling moment of my life because yeah. I was like, I was I was actually teaching the hip hop class at this little dance school in Greensburg, which was really popular. And I was making a lot of money doing it. And I was young and I, I was teaching kids how to break dance and like do some hip hop choreograph stuff. Literally taught myself. Like, I don't know what, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like you learned from like MTV. Like and- we, we, I had this lady who owned this dance school and she was like, I think people would love it. You should do it. So we like put a flyer up and she's like, you had like a hundred people sign up. And I was like, Oh my God. So I asked my buddy Anthony to come and help me. And we like put together a routine. You this know, was we're like, not the heyday of breakdancing. This was not like 86. No, 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 no. no, no. So yeah. Bre- breakdancing had like a big resurgence in the late nineties. <laughs> in Slickville. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, not in Slickville. <laughs> Definitely not. Wherever you're, wherever the classes were offered. Not even in Pittsburgh. I mean, there were probably like maybe seven or eight of us. No, but so so 100 people signed up for your class. Where did, where were you learning how to dance from? Yeah, like watching MTV you? jams yeah, and yeah. Yo MTV raps and shit. Videos. I had no idea what I was doing. You grew but up with a TV and I had a very that stuff. I had I always liked to dance, just like dance. And yeah. then when I started going to these clubs yeah. and I would see dudes hit the floor, then I was like. Oh my God, what is this whole world? I don't know anything about, you know? What do you think of when I say what I said to Femi, which is, I don't trust a DJ that doesn't dance? I totally agree with that. And I feel like today it's just like more and more, I feel like no DJs dance. How, when you're screening records, when you're going through the songs on direct music service, live DJ service, the internet, SoundCloud, whatever... Are you going to have any idea whether it's good for a dance floor I don't if think you don't I, dance? I, I've said this a million times. I don't think a lot of DJ, new DJs they get it. Is that why? I can listen I, to a record in like 10 seconds and be like, oh, yeah. Less than that? Yeah. But it takes two, it takes almost, it takes two beats of a four bar loop to know mostly whether it's going to work. Yeah. I mean, I think it depends on the style of music, but. I mean, yeah. if I need to get, if it's hip hop and I need to like hear part of one verse, then yeah. I'll get there. But if it's just dance music, half a bar. Everything's so crazy. I mean, this is a whole other combo, but like 
I remember a certain point of my DJing where I was everybody started to like stuff I did not like. <laughs> I don't know if that happened that's, to you. Oh yeah. Oh, and that's I was why like, I went, that's why I became a doctor. <laughs> Cuz like even even for the longest time I I still liked a lot of the pop music that was coming out yep. too and I was playing it mostly places that played top 40 hip hop, you know, popular music. Yeah. But I could you know, when I got my car, I was listening to like the underground hip hop or like yeah. crazy electronic stuff that like you would never play at a mainstream spot. So I just love music so much in that, in that sense. But I remember when I was playing the top 40 stuff, I remember getting to a point where I was like, man, I don't even like, there's like no soul to any of this stuff now. You know what I mean? One of the things I was thinking about was some of the weird electronic music you've put me up on over the years, like just randomly popping over to your spot and just like, you're playing me like Royksop or or like some other just wild electronic, like Peter Bjorn and John, or (laughs) I don't know, like, yeah, some blog era. (laughs) Uh, yeah, yeah, totally. Were you on the the hollerboard? Yeah. Oh yeah, for I, sure. I remember Bonix put me onto that, and it really changed my life in a big way. I oh, think yeah. that really was when I was excited, most excited about music and DJing. That was an exciting anyway. time. The um, Diplo came here. You opened for him at Laga. Uh, Diesel. Yeah. Okay. Diesel. Didn't he play both though? He might have played Lago. Definitely played both. I think Lago was closed by the time he came. I don't know. I, I definitely but opened you for him. You opened for him at Diesel. Yeah, yeah. And then do you remember was it LMFAO at Aspar? Yeah, I wasn't there for that. I got a drop. For, I think from Bonix, actually. Oh, Bonix had, had one of them had Sky Blue or one of them. Yeah, say, hey, they were on the radio. Say, yeah, yeah. Bo- say hey, it's yeah, so and so with Nugget. But you don't play those like, when yeah. you DJ. What? The, you don't play the drops? Uh, I have a Sean Paul drop that I play a lot. I love <laughs> Sean Paul. <laughs> and it's an amazing drop. It's like one of the fuck best things ever because he just goes on and on and on. But I've cut it down. So it's just like, <laughs> DJ Nugget, Pittsburgh. <laughs> it's awesome. That's that's. Rich. Which I also just saw him in concert. Nicole and I traveled to D.C. to yeah. see him like a couple weeks ago. Yeah. It was absolutely incredible. I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. And he's older, obviously, he's now. He's got hits for days. Oh my God, dude. It yeah. was like two hours of just not... It was like a DJ set, the way he put it together. Mm-hmm. It was so... In, he was the sweatiest artist I've ever seen at a show, and but it was amazing. He crushed it. Nice. Anyway, that's random. No, no, it's not random at all. That's great. I was going to ask you about the trips with Nicole. You guys go everywhere. Yeah. That's our big thing. Yeah. That's, I feel like that's what everybody... It's either they ask about the bar or trips. When I see somebody, which is great. I mean, it's awesome. That's yeah, like but, our thing. But you've never talked about it on, on on interviews. No, we both just love the travel, man. Like we, whenever we met, it wasn't a thing. And then we went on our first trip together. We went to Hawaii. And at the time I was full-time DJing and I never did these big, long trips. I would do like these little quick trips to LA for two days to New York, you know, when I could, when I could go out there and maybe make a, some money DJing or, you know, but it was always like a quick two day or like I was the king of jet lag I didn't, it didn't affect me because I, I was like in and out of cities and I was doing some stuff in Vegas and but she was like I want to go to Hawaii for a week and I was like oh my god a week I'm gonna lose so much money but we did it and at the end of that trip at the end of that week I like wasn't ready to come back I was like oh my god it's amazing I love it there it's still one of my favorite places but then we did like Thailand the next year which was totally insane we had no idea what we were doing and then ever since then we were like we try to take some crazy trips every year so what I mean what do you guys do what do you mean as far as like when, when, when we travel yeah when you're not here 
what, what do you mean? Like wh- when we go Are you to another? Are you? Yeah, dude. Getting oh my in helicopters. God. We've done all zip that. lining. Yeah, cenotes. We just went to. Um, so we this year has already been crazy. We t- we've been to we went to Hawaii for like two weeks. We took our family, which was dope because mm. both of our parents haven't really been to too many places. So that was really cool. We did a couple islands and showed them around, and like they loved it. Mm-hmm. And then like two weeks ago, we went to Turks and Caicos for a week and got to explore that island, which was really fun. And that was a more way more chill for us. But there was a day we like hopped on a boat and like went out snorkeling and doing a bunch of crazy stuff. But are you guys boat people? Do you have a boat here? No, no boat. Do you ever think about it? Yeah, we've talked about it a million times, but we just don't really have the time or I don't know. It's so much fun in Pittsburgh, though. I, I would love it. I just feel like maybe when I get older, I could see myself doing it. Right now, I'm just too busy, and I just don't feel like I'd get the the. I don't, I don't think get I'd your get your money's worth. Yeah, exactly. But what about the Freedom Boating Club? Not to plug them. Guys, give me a free thing. If if like five people sign up because of this, I want a free hookup. I don't even know. You've never done it? it? No, I don't know. What I, I don't know what I... Dude, my best friend in Charleston was part of it. It's like 4000 to sign up and then some amount per month. Okay. But like maybe a couple hundred a month. Okay. And you just don't have any of the bullshit. You're a, you're a boat owner without any of the hassle. Meaning okay. you walk to the dock. You catch the keys from the guy. The thing is full of gas. You really? roll out. You bring your cooler. You roll out. You get a clean, beautiful boat every time. You never have to deal with anything. Really? It's sick. Are you part of this? I'm really tempted. The, the girl's been hitting me up like every day because I, I like I talked to them about that, it. this. I could get into it's money to me. It's, it's like because so I have some friends that have had boats, and it's like it's great for me because they're like, <laughs> "Hey, we're going on the boat. Want to go on the boat?" But like. F- I also have some FBC. They loved it, but they're also I also have most of most of them have sold their boats. Yeah. Cuz they just, yeah. you know, they don't get it. The like like one of the best summers of my life was Pittsburgh when Ryan had a boat. So you know basic sickness. He's yeah. my best friend. And he had a a boat. It was terrible, but it was you know, we would always break down and I feel like I somebody would that. be towing us <laughs> into the shore, but it was just so much fun to yeah. to have it in the summer in Pittsburgh. Yeah pirate games and the you know riding it around parking at the point and just like i mean dude if i could tell you how many conversations i've had with my wife or with two of my other really good friends about buying a boat together it's crazy no but like no we just i'm very methodical as far as like decision making yeah six years to open goldmark right just to oh make yeah it happen. yeah do you remember when we talked about it i do yeah at my at my old house yep i remember yep. yeah yep yeah, yeah. So I almost like you almost you were almost like ready to invest. Yeah, it was crazy. It was really close to happening because remember that was when my uncle, he's not really an uncle, he's more of a cousin. Yeah. Named like Jacob. He's a Holocaust survivor. He died and left me like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Okay, I do I forgot about that actually. But I remember you saying, like, oh, I have a little bit of money and yeah. Instead of buying the bar, I moved to Boston and became a doctor. Yes, I mean, that's, right. That's what happened. I don't know if I, I don't know how I did. Goldmark seems to be a good investment. <laughs> You're doing just fine. Uh, I'm, and also very proud of you uh, thanks, for man. what that's worth. Thanks, it's dude. pretty awesome to see. Dude. You um, did exactly what you said you were going to do, which is awesome, man. Most people don't do that. There were definitely some times that were easier than others. Yeah. You know, Boston almost killed me, literally. 
that Boston was the first yeah, of the stops. Yeah. So wait, it went Boston, New York. When I was in New York, a big part of what I was doing is waiting for some legal things to clear up. So I had okay. like lawyers figuring things out and um, just like stuff related to being a, a delinquent. Like sure. when I was 16, I was literally living on the street, like selling drugs and just like, I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, I was an absolute waste. Of, Why are we talking life. about Goldmark? Let's talk about <laughs> that. It's wild, right? That's crazy. Yeah, no, it was insane. I mean, it's it's crazy that I'm alive. Truth, truly, it is. You were a wild yeah, boy. I, I had, um, you know, there's like a lot of people that didn't make it from that from that scene. Yeah, most of them. Yeah, that's so, insane. Yeah. So, what happened was. I was trying to figure that legal side of things out when I was in New York. This is before medical school? This is way before medical school. Okay. So I knew that I wasn't going to get into medical school without two things. I needed a clean record. Right. And I needed to fix one bad grade from Pitt. Okay. When I went to Pitt, I had like a C plus or a C minus, I think a C minus in biochemistry. And so my goal was to get those two things fixed. And so I... Went to New York and DJed because I knew I could make money doing that. And I was following my passion. Like, I always loved music. I still love music. There's nothing like, you know, people are always asking me, well, you know, why can't you just focus on on your career? Why can't you just focus on on medicine? It's like, why can't I just cut off my right arm and throw it in the dumpster? It's just, it's insane to even think about not having this side of my life. Sure. And, and, And so... You know, I knew I could do it. I knew I was, and, and I also wanted to see where that road would lead in a way, like if I took it really seriously. And so I was living in New York, living in Lower East Side, throwing parties for a living. And yeah. it was like incredibly croc fun. Mode. Yeah, crock mode. It was like the most fun. Have you thing ever explained ever. that on here? No, never. <laughs> you probably should. So people don't <laughs> read crock mode and go, what is crock mode? Yeah, yeah. Well, I changed the name of the podcast. So it's no longer crock mode TV. Oh, I didn't even realize that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. My bad. Yeah. No, I mean, it's fine. Uh, so, Croc mode, I mean, it doesn't really have an explanation. I think that's why I changed it, right? It's kind of like a ludicrous name. It was, it's yeah. supposed to th- kind of give people an idea of something tropical, but also like a little dangerous. Yeah. I think. I like vaguely remember asking about this along <laughs> whenever you did it in New York. And I there was, was like. never any reason for it. It was yeah. literally just a, just an idea. Right. Now the new name of the podcast is Alchemical Notes. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I've seen it. Okay. Which, um is completely artificial intelligence generated. So it was strictly through chat GPT that I was oh, getting man. like, like I, I spent a couple hours feeding chat GPT more and more information about what I was trying to convey, what ideas okay. I was trying to convey. And it, you know, wrote the business, wrote the description oh of the podcast, which is up. What, what a time we live in. And it wrote the name. Like it, <laughs> it gave me like 20 names. And then I yeah, I saw the and, name pop up and I'm like, I didn't know if it was a new page. I saw it on Instagram. But yeah. I didn't know if it was a new page or if you just changed the name. Yeah. Eventually, I, I'll completely eliminate Croc Mode. It'll just be Alchemical Notes as the one Instagram account. And then the other Instagram account will be, you know, we'll probably keep DJB tips. We'll see. So, yeah. The Terminators are coming. <laughs> Well, <laughs> good thing that you work on brains and stuff. So, yeah. And, and it's kind of one of my areas of interest, you know, brain computer interfaces. I think that's sort of the realm that I'm going to try to lean into. I think you couldn't pick a better realm. 
Now's yeah. the time. Yeah, yeah. You're in, the, you're in the right place at the right time, my friend. People are going to be looking for killer robots, but it's not going to look like that at all, right? Okay. It's, the, it's the code that's going to kill us. It's the code that's already in the machines. Okay. The big machines, right? The, the, yeah. You know, the machine that launches the nukes right. has a chip in it. Right. It's, like, not connected to the internet, but, it's, you know, it might be eventually. It's completely terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So, um... Anyway, so it took me two <laughs> years to figure my shit out. So yeah, so I, I got my shit together. I, I fixed my grade. I went back to school. So I got into Boston University. I like had some talks with people about how I could get into medical school. That was their advice. Like, make sure there's no gaps in your resume, whatever. There's a little gap, but it's fine. And so I got that sorted out. I retook the class. I got an A, which I was really proud of. And then I got into two medical schools. There were, you know, I applied to about 30. Okay. And two accepted me that's all that matters and it was Boston. while i was driving no i was florida atlantic university in poker tone so that's how i ended up in miami okay. met my wife okay. and everything but I, I was driving to detroit from brooklyn with a car completely full of croc mode gear bandanas that we had just had spray painted by my buddy in Irwin, like custom backpacks glow sticks like a, a ten thousand glow sticks Five interviews scheduled, official press for the Detroit Electronic Music Festival. Five interviews scheduled with Moon Boots, who just dropped a new project. Heathered Pearls, who's amazing, from Ghostly International. DJ Psycho from the Detroit Underground Militia. Like, none of of those uh, interviews have ever dropped, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) They're all terrible. (laughs) I fucked them all up. I want to hear them all. Yeah, well, I, I got him, but... Um, I'm sure you learned a lot. As I'm driving in the car, I get the phone call from the dean of Florida Atlantic University. Okay. Hey, we want you. Come be a doctor. Nice. You have, like, one day to decide. Never heard any of this, yeah. Yeah. So oh, really? Like that? Yeah, yeah. Did you take off your raver necklace <laughs> and you were like, turn, turn around. Put my stethoscope on. No. I was, yeah. <laughs> your overgrowth went... <laughs> Well, no, it gets worse. Like he's he's like literally all you have to do is just show up on time on August fourth okay. of two thousand fourteen. So this was in May, I'm assuming. Yep. If uh, yep. yeah, it's Memorial Day, and he's like, just show up August of twenty fourteen, and I couldn't even put that shit together. So I'm such, I'm I'm like I'm very much my mother's son. Sure. And like, you know, she's all heart and like, like the nicest, most incredibly thoughtful person you ever met, but. She will not be there when she says she's going to be there. Sure. I was always in aftercare. Like, I was the last kid to be picked up every day. <laughs> Chip off the old block. So we had this family wedding in Spain, in Granada, Spain. On August 3rd, I was supposed to fly back home. I get on the airplane. I, there's a layover from Philadelphia. My girlfriend at the time was in New York City. The plane wasn't leaving to go to Miami. I had to be there in the morning to get there for orientation at 8 o'clock in the morning. I'm waiting. The plane's not there. The plane's not there. We don't have a plane. We don't have a plane. I'm like, I'm just going to get on the train to New York City, and there's, there'll be planes there. Oh, boy. There, there was a plane, but it got there at noon, and you, I missed. You were in Philly? Yeah. Oh, my I God. I missed four hours of orientation in the morning. Oh. They, I walk into the medical school. They're like, don't go eat that lunch. Everybody was eating lunch. They're like, no, no, no. You come this way. Okay. straight into a meeting with the dean, assistant dean, like, do you really want to be here? Wow. We've got 100 people on the waiting list that want your spot. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're just eating shit, <laughs> trying to explain yourself. Well, what I, you know, the way I explain myself is I've been a fucking DJ for the last 10 years. 
and yeah. I'm not used to this yeah. at all. Yeah. Like I was a DJ. You actually explained, you actually told them that hundred percent. Were they like, what is that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> what I are think you talking they, about? I think they, yeah. I think, you know, they sort of got it is like, yeah. We have bosses. Well, I'm sure you had to put that on your resume, or, or you know, when you applied and all that stuff. <laughs> the 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 wild part was the picture that I submitted to them was me with that like jawbone, the Quijada. Have you ever seen that picture of me? It's like very artsy. I had to have. Yeah, it's very artsy, black and white. It was taken by like one of the photographers in Brooklyn, but whatever. They should have known. Is the point? They should have known. But but yeah, I mean, when you're DJing, you don't have a boss necessarily, right? Right. I mean, especially you. Like you're you're truly working for yourself at this point. Yeah. And that's very different from being like the lowest person on the totem pole, medical school, just grunt, grinding yeah. it out, right? Yeah. And so I had to make that switch. But how did you become that? First of how all, that's awesome. That and then you know, I, I, you know, I'm all, right. I want to like turn the table and hear more about this story. But <laughs> I've got hours. I've got hours. But I want to know about how you became your own boss. You know, I know you were DJing. You like. You heard from, I guess, this guy maybe at one of the at Jets, the guy who was on the radio. He's like, There's oh, no yeah. money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, becoming your own boss thing is funny because when I really, really think about it, I've told my parents this. I'm like, when I was 16, I was I wanted to get my driver's license and my and I didn't have a job. I, I was like mowing grass around my neighborhood, you know, and then I would DJ. But when I would DJ, they'd pay me $100, you know? And, like, when you're 15, somebody, you know, you go from mowing your neighbor's grass and getting 10 bucks or 5 bucks, and then I go and do something I really, really like, and I'm and I'm making $100. I was literally like, $100? You know, I was able to pay my parents back after, like, four or five dances. So I always say, like, I pro- I've pretty much been my own boss since since I it was the first job I ever had. I, I started working at McDonald's to get my driver's license because my parents were like, you're not getting a license until you actually have income coming in. So my brother ended up getting me a job. I have an older brother. He got me a job at McDonald's. He was working there whenever he'd come back from college. Yeah. So I started working at McDonald's. I hated it. It was like, you know, I did it. It was fun. I've had all kinds of weird jobs, but I was always DJing and always kind of had my own thing. I was learning about doing my own taxes when I was like 18, you know, it's crazy. Um, and you eventually had an LLC or something like that? No. I've never had a DJ LLC. How crazy is that? It's interesting. I don't understand the money side. I mean, it's more of like a, you know, security blanket. You know, that's the way I look at incorporating yourself. Like, you know, if you, the way that when I was younger, I looked into it. And then another DJ was like, you don't really need to do it. You know, like the biggest, the worst thing that's going to happen to you is like, and this is like worst, worst case scenario that I could, that I could think of. And it was a really good example. I still use to this day with other young DJs that asked me about it is like, you know, you're DJing a wedding and a grandma trips over your speaker cable and the speaker falls on her and crushes her, you know? And it's like, then you get sued. Right. But like, also, you know, what are they going to sue you for? I didn't have shit when I was a kid, you know? Okay. You're going to sue me. What am I going to do? You know, file for bankruptcy. Like I, I had two grand in my account. If, if, the, if it was a good week, you know, so I was never really worried about it. Um, and then, you know, shit started to change when you get older, you buy a house, you have actually have an asset, you know, like weird stuff like that. It kind of, um, it kind of relates to the plenty agency though, right? Like you guys, yeah, for you're, sure. You're doing weddings 
every weekend now with yeah. what six other DJs or there's eight of us now. Oof. Yeah. So you just gr- just added on two more like Rambo or yeah Rambo yep. and uh, my boy Tony Crush. Yeah. Nice. And um, I mean, you guys are obviously insured. yeah we're we're insulated. Yeah, we're good. <laughs> you have lawyers and stuff. We're good. Yeah. Grandma will be dead, and you guys will be fine. It's a that's a weird it's a weird business model too because like all the guys have their own stuff. Like whenever yeah. whenever we got on, I was like, "You need business insurance. You need a million dollars in coverage, or I ain't even taking it on." So they're all you know everybody's good. If something would happen, everybody's good. Fair enough. You know, so they're independent contractors, pretty much. Yeah, it's like you're you're like the Uber of wedding DJs, pretty much. Yeah, honestly, yeah, it's just kind of like a home. You know, I. You know, it was something that I always did, and I was just like, why am I not getting the best dudes in the city who are actually really great DJs and can do all this different stuff? You know, why not, you know? Do you like DJing weddings? Uh, Yeah, it depends. Depends on the wedding. Yeah. yeah. I don't really do that many anymore um, just because of the team. But, yeah, sometimes they're great. Sometimes they're horrible. What do you like? What would your ideal DJ gig be? Is it like Goldmark Saturdays, or is yeah. there something else that you now, still enjoy yeah. doing? Dude, I DJ it every week. Goldmark Saturdays—they're fantastic. Yeah, it's a lot. Of I fun. love them. I miss the big rooms. I definitely miss the big rooms. It's just you can't bring that feeling of a big room back from like 2010 for me in Pittsburgh. It's just not. It doesn't really exist anymore. But like. I've been other cities, obviously, where, like, it's still amazing, you know? Um, But I prefer small rooms, really flex on it, you know? Play the hits, play what you got to play, but also be able to sprinkle in some cool shit that people don't know that they're, you know, I think they're still going to react to. That's, like, my ideal gig. Yeah. I like the last 15 minutes when it's just you and PDC playing, like, ballads. being wild. Yeah. Yeah. Um, On bended knee and, like... (laughs) Um, that's, yeah, that's really become a thing for sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you last that long, you get to hear some wild shit at the end of the night. That's my favorite. Well, you guys have done a lot of really cool things with Goldmark. I'm really happy about the drafts. I'm like, I love going and drinking the uh, cider drafts now. Mm. It's, um, it's made things a lot better. We got a, we got a new one today. We got two new drafts today, actually a new 11th hour beer and a new Low Lev, which is another brewery in Lawrenceville on Butler Street, right down the street that opened up a couple months ago. We got them on tap now. Yeah. And it's all local drafts? All locals. See, I love so that. So we have seven now. It's very much a community thing. You know, yeah. it's not just the DJs that you're hiring, the mm-hmm. staff, like the the crowds. I like also how you've managed to pull like the LGBTQ audience in. Yeah. Like whenever I go there, it's never just straight people on the dance floor. And I hate to say that, like, but it's not, it's never just guys dancing with girls on the oh, dance floor. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, there's clearly like a gay scene. Sure. Also. Totally. And yeah. I like that. I like that it's a little bit yeah, more. Yeah, we do. Diverse. We've done drag shows. We've done, I mean, you name it. Yeah. We have tons of trans regulars. Like, it's awesome, dude. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, we want everybody to feel, I think that's cool. Comfortable. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. Especially since it's not like, you know, it's not a, a big club. It's a it's a bar. It's supposed to be like a community kind Absolutely. of space, like yeah. a gathering place, right? Yeah, and that's and that's that's another reason why we try to do so many different weird things. You know, it's like we're on. You know, it's a DJ bar. At the end of the day, it's like the music dictates who's 
gonna come and hang out, you know? So like tonight we'll have a completely different crowd than tomorrow night. Yeah. Which is awesome. Can you talk a little bit about some of the like regular nights and some of the people that you're excited about getting to work with? Yeah. Because that was super fun for me when I when I asked Bamboo the same question. He was able to list all these different DJs that I was then able to learn about and follow on Instagram and find out about what they're into and everything. Yeah. So I'll just use tonight as an example. So tonight's the second Wednesday of the month. It's a brand new party. Just started two months ago. And most of our – so Wednesdays and Thursdays of the Goldmark are monthly events. So the first Wednesday of the month is something. The second Wednesday of the month is something. A lot of people don't re- – still to this day, a lot of people don't un- fully understand that. And most of those nights have lasted for seven, five years. You know what I mean? Tonight is a newer one, and it's called – they shortened it. It was, it was called Going to Dad's House. <laughs> but uh, newer DJ in Pittsburgh, DJ Deanie Daddy, plays a lot of disco in house. Awesome dude. Um, and then he brought on another DJ uh, named Wabi Sabi, who I'm not even going to lie, I haven't even met him yet. And then they also bring a guest in. Uh, so they're doing Jarrett Tebbets tonight, who is amazing and an incredible DJ. It has a lot to do with Hot Mass and, you know, mm. uh, super music head. Um, and we're doing more stuff with Jarrett now and Deanie Daddy, and, you know. But uh, so that that's tonight. And then tomorrow, the second Thursday of the month is Selecta's night, which he's been he's had since the bar opened. Yep. So groove, seven years. Groove Theory. Groove Theory, yep, which is all basically funk, soul, old school hip-hop, R&B, um, rare grooves, you know, and he'll sprinkle in some house, Latin, all kinds of stuff. But, but not a vinyl thing. night. Not a vinyl night, no. He doesn't do all vinyl, no. Um, when he first started doing it, he was doing a lot of vinyl, but not anymore. He's pretty much strictly Serato now. Do you um, have anybody who brings out so records tonight, anymore? Yeah, yeah, tonight's all vinyl. Yeah, what? Yeah, the dad's house party's all vinyl. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, all right. they'll I be like playing that. disco and... All that you know, house and some poppy stuff, and I like that. Yeah, uh, I missed the forty-five nights. That was one of the things that I liked the most about living in New yeah. York was uh, Bowery Electric. The um, uh, I remember. Yeah, they're still the name that, of that don't party. They? What was the name of the party? The Mobile Mobile Mondays. Mobile Mondays. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure it still exists. I know Soul in the Horn has kind of like taken yeah. it and and ran with it. That was a huge Mobile but, Mondays was huge. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But but that's great that you're continuing that. Yeah. So and then I know Friday is always Midas and, and you're on Saturday. Both of you bring guests. Yeah. Midas, not as week? much. Midas, not as much every now and then. Um, he's every Friday except for the last Friday is DJ red. And then oh, cool. my, my Saturday, I always try to have guests and, but I always try to give myself one night a month where I'm just by myself. That's cool. I, I like so need you keep that. your chops, like keep that four yeah. hour, keep the ability to play four hours. Yeah. Cause yeah, it means they might book you in New York for six. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Whole, or, whole different world. Or at uh burning man for 16. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's not happening. But, <laughs> yeah. I think four is my limit these days. Yeah. I remember playing, um, for the pit dance marathon and having to oh, yeah. fill 24 hours. I of, remember you doing that of yeah. entertainment. <sighs> I think I DJed like a total of 16 hours or something like that over the course of the day. Yeah. Like not, you know, you were talking on the road podcast about playing the same song more than one time in in one show. Yeah. It was, there was a lot of, a lot of repeats. Yeah. I mean, got to give the people what they want, right? No, they didn't want it. They were all asleep. (laughs) It was like, we had, they just had to get through it. Yeah. It was miserable. By the end of like the, once everybody left at like three in the morning or four in the morning or whatever, like after, um, 
uh, Paul Alexander and Albie had both just torn the house down. Yeah. Then it was just me trying to get people through the night to sure. 8 o'clock in the morning when they were, like, serving breakfast or something. Yeah. It was right. just, you had the night shift. Oh, it was, like, just just brutal. Pulling teeth. Yeah. I can imagine yeah. that. A lot of rock. Rough. Yeah. The best one was the guy who I guess you banned from Goldmark. He saved my night because there was, like, nobody dancing, and I played Cameo Word Up, and it was just a dud of a record. Okay. And he, <laughs> he, he just rolls up in the middle of the dance floor. You know the like the the really energetic. Oh, I didn't ban guy. him. I didn't ban him. Yeah, he's, he's no, no, no. I didn't ban him. I just yelled at him one night. <laughs> he was flipping. Well, girls. he was just drop kicking people. Marcus. What's the problem, Marcus? That's his name. Marcus used to come in. He used every to wear week. a Batman shirt. Yes, Marcus used to come in every week. I love Marcus. He's been around forever. Like he's always, you know, he's always supported. But it got to a point where it got a little dangerous with him. <laughs> it's not a huge dance floor. Uh, no, and like. And this night specifically, when I basically snapped, it there was hardly anybody there. But he was like, he grabbed a girl and flipped her over. <laughs> she was freaking out. Then he like he he ran up the thing. The, I'll he be was honest, jitterbugging people. The thing that really set me off is that you know how we have the we have that mural when you walk in to the right. That, oh yeah, 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 yeah. That art mural. It's to been the there right. since since the beginning, since day one. He. I said something to him and he was like, oh, okay, okay. And then I was like, yeah, man, just try not to like, you know, I thought he was going to like jack the bar all up. And this was going on for years. <laughs> Does he live in Lawrenceville? He just, he's just uh, a good supporter. I think at that know. time he did. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so he ran up and, and I was just so, and nobody knows if you don't know this person, <laughs> they're like six foot five. 300 very, pounds. Very yeah. big. He's a linebacker. Big muscular. He looks like a linebacker. He looks exactly yeah. like Marcus Allen. Exactly. Dude. Yeah. hundred yeah. percent. So he proceeds to then walk out of the bar, but he runs along the wallpaper mural. So, <laughs> so I, <laughs> I mean, dude, just, you could imagine just, like, just like Spider-Man. That my <laughs> life savings and my wife's life savings went into this. Mostly hers. This I bar. thought. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. You know, so when when we see that, it doesn't make us happy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, 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 anytime yeah. you're just in somebody's business, disrespecting it and smashing stuff and throwing people over your shoulder, it's not really a good look. Well, the drafts are are like served in glass now, right? So that could be, yeah, dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have to be mindful of all that stuff. Yeah. Typically on a Friday or Saturday, though, when we get really busy, a lot most people aren't drinking drafts. Just this guy. You. The um, we trust you. <laughs> Thanks. Um, to a certain extent. <laughs> anybody else that you wanted to talk about? You only. Oh my god! Like yeah, yeah. I mean, I could go on and on. It just depends on what you want to talk about those nights. But um, yeah. So the first Wednesdays and first Thursdays. So first Wednesdays at Baseburg, they they're like Tech House, G House, more uh, on the electronic side of things. Thir so basically, the way the bar works is Wednesdays is more electronic music. Thursdays is a little bit more like funky. So, um, yeah, first Wednesdays is Baseburg. First Thursdays is One Night Stand, which is a party that I created with Cody Baker, who's a promoter in town. And then we have the Alex Rivera. T-H-E Bakery or something. Yes. T-E-H? T-E-H Bakery. Tay Bakery, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah great a, photographer. Awesome photographer. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's done a lot of awesome stuff for us. Um, met him when he was young, doing his thing. Still the best promoter in Pittsburgh, in my opinion, wow. honestly. Um, but, yeah. 
So he has some really cool stuff going on. We've had that party going for years. It's like a hip-hop and R&B party. A little bit of older stuff, a little bit of new stuff. Just kind of depends on the crowd. And then I talked about second Wednesdays and second Thursdays. That's Dad's house and Select His Night. Third Wednesdays and Thursdays is Climax and Bryce do. Yep, I went to that one. Yeah, they do an electronic party. Gold Rush. Gold Rush, yeah. They're actually going to be done soon. They they have like two months left. They're pulling the plug and they decide to focus their attention on other places. They're both on. They're my, both DJing a lot. They are DJing a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I know they're uh, at least um, climax is also in plenty with you and yeah, and they both weddings, actually. right? Yeah, climax yeah. and Bryce. Yeah, climax was original team. Bryce was year two, but they, you know, they're just they're not. Wednesdays are really really hard to get people to come out. And I'll be the first person to tell well, you. Well, you used to have Tuesdays too. You yeah, had, we used um, to have Tuesdays. Uh, it was service industry night. Yeah, with Pete Butta. Yes, until he moved away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he doing great to too. Shout out Pete, yeah, man. Shout out to Pete. Yeah, what we a miss, great DJ. He's Pete. awesome. I miss him with um, New York Giant. Yep. Those two were really fun yeah. to watch. Yeah. Um, New York Giant just helped me out with a gig. My friend works is the assistant director on the show, The Blacklist in New York wanted me to come up and DJ their rap party for their last final season uh, a couple weeks ago. I couldn't do it. So giant actually ended up doing it. Which oh, is cool. that's... And Pete's actually done that party too, which is cool. Wow. So yeah. that's amazing that they were looking out for you as the yeah. DJ in New York though. Yeah. 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 That's oh, a testament, dude. man. I'm actually doing the billions, uh, rap party through the same group of people at the first weekend of June. Which Holy is, shit. Which is really cool. Is that the, um, the rock? Are you going to hang out with the, with, no, he's not on that now. On um, billions, yeah, that's the. It's on um, Showtime. It's about like super rich hedge fund people. It's are a great show. Sure, are you sure the Rock's not on that? No, he's not in that. No, I forget the main. Dude, you're about to be hanging out with 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 Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> <laughs> fucking everything up. I mean, I hope they show up. We'll see um, what happens, but yeah, it should be cool. Okay, I've done some weird stuff like that. Yeah. Well, what I was gonna say is, you know, just to, um. Uh, send you some compliments. It's like there's a reason that that people are looking for you, right? It's it's a lot of consistency, knowing and professionalism, Thanks, right? Man. Like knowing that they're gonna get a really good product. There's no like, there's no question when they when they call you if like what they're gonna get. It's it's gonna be a great fucking party. I appreciate that. I think that's maybe more important when you're trying to book a DJ for something than it is to like. I don't know, to like go like too experimental or something like that. Like you want to know it's going to like the, the gear's going to work. Sure. The, like people are going to dance. The, you know what I'm saying? Like it's not, you're not going to be too heavy handed with the scratches and playing oh air horns and all this. Yeah. There's a lot. I mean, it's weird, but when you start talking about how many like weird in- intricacies can go into like somebody not liking your set or, th- you know, if you're overdoing it. You know, I always tell DJs, I'm like, don't have a practice scratch session whenever you're getting paid at a professional gig. Like, that's just a bad look. I wrote that down when I was um, taking notes last time I saw you out. Something like, like, the scratches are really only happening when the songs are transitioning. Totally. It's only ever really a tool to bring another record in. Yeah. It's not a solo. Yeah, It's yeah. like, if you want to have those sounds, play somebody else playing them. Like, play Wheels of Steel. <laughs> or like, sure, yeah. like, let somebody else, let, let DJ Premier... Speaking of which, what an incredible mixtape. My God. Wow, that mixtape changed my life. Absolutely. Wow. Was that thanks, Nice Rack? Uh, rack One. Rack One. Yeah. Fuck. 
Big up to Nice Rec, though. He's God. amazing. Damn. Yeah, both incredible. Yeah, yeah. But, wow. Me, me and, and one of my best friends, like, growing up, just had, like, a whole summer where that was the only thing we wow. listened to. And it just, wow. What? That's still my favorite thing I've ever put out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It it's so much still fun. on SoundCloud? It's on SoundCloud, but it's not on MixCloud. MixCloud took it down, actually, That's a couple so weird. months ago. It's so weird how the two of them are working now. And now MixCloud will only let you put up, like, five mixes, and they want pre- yeah. premiums. Both know. both suck so bad. Yeah, I know. It's I've horrible. been off SoundCloud for a decade, because they took all my yep. shit down yep. at me one too. point, and they were like flagging me for all this bullshit but then yes. I, but then all these other DJs that I was cool with all had We're their all shit up and it was you, all good and you I'm couldn't like, post mixes nah. and you couldn't post mashups anymore yeah. like once they stopped once they started pulling mashups yeah. it was a rap yeah it was not a DJ friendly place and it was definitely not DJ friendly for hip hop DJs yep if you're an EDM guy and you're like a producer and you're putting up original stuff or you're playing like really like like records that haven't become very popular. Yeah. That's what I've learned through like Alex Burkett and stuff and posting my most recent mix on SoundCloud. It's like, if the song has less than a hundred thousand plays on YouTube, you're good. Yeah. People consider it free publicity. I mean, but if you play popular records, honestly, man, you're y- clipped. You sound is the future. What's look, that? Look that up. Whoa. Yeah. If you're listening out there and you're a DJ or producer and you're like, what is the next thing? It's you sound. You can check that out. It's all, like licensed it's, or how does it work it is you just gotta check it out it's it's been out for a couple of years but they're just starting to like pick up steam and it's it's legit it's the shit nice so yeah it's almost like how Bandcamp was for a minute there they got bought out it's Bandcamp still amazing yeah but you sound is like they're taking it to like a next level kind of thing for art for DJs artists you can sell your own merch on there it's it's legit you you sound you sound okay. yeah i'll check it out they have an app it's great nice are you posting mixes on there no i'm not actually just because i'm not i haven't been doing that too much um but it's what's the point of a dj mix when everybody already knows that you're the shit <laughs> it's not that i just don't have damn time to put something together like, i think I'm what gonna is put, the point literally i think i'm gonna put out a big one next year like a big party mix yeah. I, 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 those real film mixes that I used to put out. Oh, it'll those be, were fun. It'll be 10 years since my last one. Wow. 2014. Yeah. yeah. So Nicole actually was like, you'd need to do like And a, 30 years of DJing in a couple <sighs> years. And yeah, dude. It's too long. I was wondering if you could give advice to like somebody who wants to succeed as a DJ. What are the attributes that you think helped you and what, sh- like what should they do? What are the actual things they can do? Cause like, you can't fix some personality things, sure. but some concrete things that you can do to, to make your chances of succeeding higher. I think number one is try to figure out kind of where you want to be as a DJ, like what kind of music that you really want to focus on, even though you can still flex and do all the kinds of other stuff. But in order to kind of start making a name for yourself, you you kind of, I feel like you kind of have to decide where you want to, like if when I was 18, I would have been DJ premier. Like that was all I would have done. But then people were booking me and they were like, I want to hear, you know, juvenile back that ass up into Hanson Mbop. I don't know. Just, you know what I mean? Like, so I think that's, that's a good way to, to look at it. Like what kind of stuff do I want to be DJing? Like, why do you want to DJ? What do you want to do? My whole thing whenever I was younger was I want to make people dance, you know, and it didn't, I didn't care what I had to play. Like, I was like, dude, put a crowd in front of me and I'll just figure it out. 
But um, I think that is a good thing to start with. Love music, I think, is the most important thing. I said that at something else. I was just like, don't even start to DJ if you don't love music. Like, that's there's way too much of that now. It drives me insane. I see way too much of that. And then third thing is I always say to young DJs, take every gig. Just take every gig. Even if they don't have any money, just take the gig, you know? Buy some speakers. Invest a little. You know, it's so easy to get into DJing now. I just feel like make an investment into the equipment and then that will change the game for you because then if once people know that you have the equipment, then you can start playing parties and introducing yourself to different crowds and, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think... I don't know. I mean, I feel like that's the best advice. Yeah, it's... I I agree. You know, when I was at Pitt, it was like I was the one with the pair of Yamahas and the amp, and so I was the one they called. Yes, absolutely. If if somebody else... But think about that little investment, you know, I mean, 300 bucks, like 300 bucks a speaker or something like that, yeah, whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. It, they, 300 they for the amp. They don't have to be $2,000 speakers. Like you could, you, and stuff's even cheaper now than it was whenever, I mean, dude, whenever I was younger, like you couldn't even, you had to have the amp with the wires, with the, you know, there was no, nothing had a preamp, like, yep. you know. Yeah. And it sounds better now too. Oh my God. Yeah. It's yep. night and day. So I think those three things are a good, good place to start. So I was wondering also about, some of your like legends and influences, not just the local people. Cause I know you've mentioned Selecta as somebody that you looked up to like, Oh yeah. Big in time. terms of that you were able to see here in Pittsburgh, but people, just anyone who inspired you like AM or Jeff or anything like that. Yeah. It's all, it's kind of all the typical, I feel like answers. The first time I saw AM some shit about him on YouTube, it was like, I wanted to quit DJing type shit. I think there's a lot of DJs would say that I was like, this is the craziest thing I've seen. You know, he was like at that perfect moment of like using Serato. He knew all the tools. He like, obviously he was always a really great DJ even when he was playing on vinyl. But like, I feel like the technology just, it was like the things that he came up with, the ideas that he came up with, like insane. Um, when I was a younger, it was like a lot of the hip hop DJs, like Funk Flex, Kid Capri, Tony Touch was like, I had Tony Touch mixtapes. Um, when I was young, stretching Bobito, um, a lot of that side of things. And then like a lot of it was like, cause I was, I've always been really into hip hop. So a lot of the DJs that were just like integrated into hip hop, like I, I was a huge DJ Spinna fan and actually a, one of the reasons I got into house music was because Spinna was producing hip hop, but then he also was doing house stuff. And then at that, at right around that time I started to meet some DJs in Pittsburgh that were like introducing me to more house stuff and taking me to house music parties. Um, Spinna is insane. I can't believe I didn't know yeah. about him until bus crates told me. Oh my God. Or, or honestly, it was before I interviewed bus crates. It was when I was doing research yeah. on bus crates and I was, he was doing an interview with, I think shortcut or maybe okay. like cut corners. One of, one of these DJs okay. like online and he mentioned him and the music is so amazing. Like amazing. the production. He's, He's like top three, my favorite producers of all time. He's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's wild. And it's like crazy how he can go from like, he, he had this group called Jigmasters. It was him and a, a, an MC named Criminal who was amazing. If you've never heard of that group, no. check them out. No, amazing. I'm excited for that. Yeah. Uh, Jigmasters, weirdest name ever, but amazing beats. The rhymes were on point. Like, you know, it was really underground whenever underground hip hop was like really popping off, like dilated peoples and 
Jurassic Five and stuff like that. I got a good dilated people story. I want to hear it. I now. used to date someone who dated that guy, the guy from Dilated Peoples. They're from uh, Canada. Uh, no, you're thinking of a different one. Yeah. Swollen Members. Oh, it's the same exact name, but with two different words. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it was like the same time yep, frame. Yep, yeah. yep, yep, yep. That's yep. hilarious. I met those guys too because they came to <laughs> Pittsburgh one time. Yeah. Yeah, the guy with the dreadlocks. I used to have Swollen Members to, stickers and Dilated yep, People yep, stickers. Yep, yep. That's so funny. They're the exact same name. Yeah. No, it's so. literally the exact same two words, just synonyms yeah that's really funny actually that was that underground shit back in the day um two dudes i always give props to that they're you know they're both doing completely different things now but uh hall and mason were these two cats from la that were they used to do these four turntable sets that were still to this day i think the illest things i've ever heard they would play on four decks two mixers and they would put go and it was kind of how zimmy and i started the tiny giant thing we actually met them and then we were like man we should try to do this and it was like nowhere close to what they were doing. They had a Scion mixtape that ca- that came out probably like 05 or something. And when I heard it, I like didn't understand it. There were like four songs going at once. It was all hip hop, but it would be like a Kanye instrumental with a, some other instrumental mixed over it with an acapella. And then there'd be a scratching going on. And I'm like, oh, this is all pre-produced. And then I saw a video of them doing it. And I was like, that's crazy. Pow! Yeah. Kind of so. like what Greg Gillis was doing though, right? Like, yeah, but these dudes were like turntablists. Yeah, like they were getting it on four four techniques, the, like ripping it. The turntablist I saw on that brought four techniques every time I saw him live was RJD two. Oh yeah, yeah. He would only bring out four decks, two mixers next to each other, I think, and then four decks. Like, I've actually two never on each seen side. him live, which is crazy. He came out. I'm a huge fan of his. But I know his live show is pretty wild. He's like making beats. And... I got some great video. Yeah, he brings a um, like a MIDI controller and things and plays yeah. a lot of the records live. But um, I was just thinking about like him the other day. This is so random, but I was literally just thinking about him the other day about how good his stuff would be on Instagram Reels. Oh yeah, like he yeah. had just so many cool beats that you could do things with. But anyway, that's the um, so the two most memorable shows. The one was Movement when he played. He he basically like played right before Jay Z's DJ was was not Jay Z's DJ. Um, LL Cool J's DJ Z Trip. Oh Z Trip, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Z Trip and and RJ had like two hours back to back. Yep, it was crazy. But RJ D two was playing all vinyl, and he's like, he's like, yeah, it's it's a real fucking records. So if it skips every once in a while, that's why. Yeah, he's like. It's going to be okay. Let him know. I love that. I love that. The Real Record Skip. And that's the name of the like YouTube video that I posted of it. The, it's like Real Record Skip with RJT2. And then... Um, Did you actually get him saying that? Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And then the other amazing one that I don't have any video from, but was like an unreal show, was like a Brooklyn rave on New Year's Eve. Or, I was dressed up, so it was probably Halloween, actually. But anyway, yeah, maybe Halloween. Yeah, definitely Halloween. So... He came out, all of, everything was already set up. I'm always jealous of people who have the ability to like have a gopher, like set up everything yeah. before, oh, and then they dude. can walk out to music. Yeah, it's awesome. But I, I've always wanted that. And the, the opening songs that I think I would do would be either Bittersweet Symphony by The Verve, or is it The Verve or The Verve Pipe? Verve. Verve. Or just like some wild, like orchestral, you know. Um, uh, like, like, um, Orf, you know, the Orf, like, symphony, yeah, yeah, whatever. So, I don't know too much about it, but yeah, yeah, but it's like, I, I, I can hear what you are 
getting at. Yeah, yeah, something like incredibly orchestral. So he came out in a full spacesuit, like orange spacesuit. Okay. I think I've seen with the bubble. Yeah, I think I've seen videos of. Yeah, it was pretty cool. He's awesome. And it was like one of those totally underground raves where there's, you know, you're buying beer, you're buying PBRs from a guy with a cooler yeah. with cash, you know. It was, that was in Brooklyn? Yeah. Was it, it was big? Bushwick. Was it a big show? Yeah. Like three, three, four thousand people. That's pretty awesome. Yep. Um, I mean, dude, the whole time we're sitting here, I'm thinking of all these different Z Trip, huge influence. A track, Mixmaster Mike. Oh my God. Mixmaster Mike. I got to talk some shit about A track. But first, tell me about Mixmaster Mike. I, it's funny that you said that because I'm not the hugest A track fan but now, but he was influential. Was such a legend to yeah. me. And I find him so fucking corny now. <laughs> the videos? I hate everything he does now. Dude. And he is a legend. Like, this I is, can't. I could show you some texts in my phone that are really funny. Sacrilegious. It hurts me. It's like murdering your own father. It's like killing your idols. Yeah. But like, why doesn't he eat food? Like, why do you have to be so skinny with the blonde <sighs> hair? And like, I, I need him to stop doing oh. the videos with his brother where they like they're like reaching through each other's hands. Oh, uh, it's just, just so they're Canadian. Just, they're just playing a song and they're just like I turning know, down the bass. Oh, that aggressive like, knob turning stuff. Like, you're not thirteen. You guys just, just chill on that. Just the Malkovich that. thing. Like, no. It's I li- not and working. I like the stuff. I like it's the stuff. Working. But yeah, it just. You know, I'm so embarrassed to have his mixer. I'm gonna throw it in the trash. The um, <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I feel the same way. He came to Pittsburgh a couple me. years ago and did a live set, and it was like, it was kind of the worst. It doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. Jeff is still yeah. in fucking incredible. Yeah. Craze is unreal. Every time I've seen him, oh my him, god, craze. When I unreal. would go out and see him in Miami. Craze murders it. Dude, Diplo. I love Diplo sets. I think he's awesome. Diplo's a legend. He posted Um, the Amapiano, Amapiano playlist two weeks before I heard of what it was. What it was, yeah. And he's He's always been that dude. Always been ahead of it. Whether it was Moonbaton or like any genre, he's always been that dude. Yeah. The Brazilian. He was Baile Funk. funk, Yeah. Yep. Uh, Bounce. One of the biggest. DJs music wise that I still listen to this day. I've been listening to his show for 20 years, which is insane. I think it's 20 years this year is Benji B on BBC. He's oh uh, cool. Like yeah, un- BBC under- Radio One. Like underground dance music stuff. Yep. Um I saw him live in San Fran one time. I just happened to be in San Fran and he was playing. And it was like one of the best dance parties I've ever seen. The record is called Technical Dreamer. It's by and that's why I probably need it because I need to know who it's by. It's got it's by Scott Hardkiss. Okay. And um, he's my cousin. And he's like a really important was because rest in peace, Scott. Um, oh, sorry. Yeah. Well, he was a really important figure in like the San Francisco rave scene okay. in the 90s. And his brother is actually really, really a cool person who helped me out when I was in Brooklyn named uh, Gavin. Um, Scott Hardkiss. Is that what I said? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the Hardkiss brothers, I think... Um, there's like three people out in San Francisco and they were doing like raves in the nineties and late nineties, early two thousands. Yeah. Um, it was really, really amazing actually. So I got to meet his wife. I like went and visited, I saw his like recording studio in Brooklyn, which is in Greenpoint. Okay. Yeah. And, um, it's kind of like really sad too. Yeah. Because, um, but it also kind of relates to my job a little bit cause he died of a brain aneurysm. Oh wow. And, um, so, 
I guess the message that I'll send to everyone is if you're getting headaches and you don't know why and it's, you know, gotten to that point, go see a neurologist and think about maybe getting some head imaging because I don't know if it had to do with drugs or anything. I mean, obviously, like, it was it was San Francisco. And yeah. I'm, I'm sure there was probably, like, some drugs involved. So he, in but he was in Brooklyn at this point? Yeah, his studio was in was in New York. Oh, gotcha. Um, his brother's an amazing artist, too. His brother does, like, like no-lens photography. Okay. Have you ever even heard of that? I hadn't. I don't know. <laughs> it's basically, like, these wild, like, wall-sized photographs with models, like, just bodies. And yeah. Like all kinds of interesting things. That's cool. But, yeah, so Scott Hardcast, rest in peace. He also had, he had, some, he had some cool records. I did a mix. I did, like, a whole mix all of all his music, which is, I think, on my mix cloud. And um, there's some check records out. in there. There's, like, some interesting stuff. It's all like dance stuff. Yeah, I mean, he he did a lot of work in Hollywood, so okay. a lot of it was, was like um, soundtracks. I love that, and that stuff is not all dance. Like, there's Dude. a lot of like ethereal kind of just when I, when soundscapes. I, here's a fun fact about me: I, nobody probably knows about when I was a kid. When I'd go to the when like a kid, kid like eight, nine, if I went to the store and I had a couple bucks from like mowing my grandparents' lawn or something, I would buy soundtracks to movies because I was obsessed with movies and that's what I would listen to like Jurassic Park Terminator you know like weird you know I just loved it I love that yeah I, the soundtrack aisle at Jerry's <laughs> I feel like when you're young like that that's like a big wave that you get exposed to well when I was younger especially you know I really wasn't listening to the radio then or if, if I got in the car with my parents they were playing like Motown or you know so I wasn't really listening to like pop radio and so, like, I my I used to love watching movies with my dad, and we would be like, "Hell yeah, here's this movie!" And I'd be like, I would be humming the music in my head, and then we'd go to the store and I'd spend the five bucks on the tape, you know? Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. So the big ones for me growing up were like Dirty Dancing soundtrack, yeah, in my mom's car. But the ones that we bought were like Batman Forever, yeah, which was just I had that unbelievable the Riddler with Method Man. Yeah, that song was cool, but also like the U2 song on yeah, there is yeah, great. Yeah. And then um which Seal is called like Bang and there. Blame. Yeah, Seal. There, it's an amazing soundtrack. Um, Offspring Smash It Up. Yo, yeah. That was when soundtracks were the they shit. Gave a shit. And then yeah. Romeo and Juliet yep, was, was great. Huge. And then what was the big one on there? That was Timberland and Aaliyah. See, I, I was listening to like I'm Kissing You is like the love song when they when they first meet each other. Okay. It's so good. That play that one at the end of the night. That will you will have no babies but you have oh, true romance. Oh, I'm thinking I'm of kissing you. I'm thinking you said Romeo and Juliet? Yeah, Romeo with, and Juliet the live action joint. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was thinking of a totally I was thinking of Romeo Must Die. Oh, yeah, with, that's uh, cool too. Yeah, but Timbaland. I was going to say I yeah. saw that one in the theater when I was a little kid. Yeah. So, um uh, I had both of, I had that Romeo, yeah, the and Romeo Juliet and Juliet soundtrack. Too. Yeah, for yeah, sure. The, the other good one from that one is um uh see, you threw me off with the um, It was all rock, right? Like all if I remember right. It was all like No, the the great were the dance songs like when um uh, Mercutio takes the ecstasy it's uh kim mathers right or no um dude i don't remember i haven't seen that movie in so long yeah they're like gay anthems i vaguely remember the soundtrack really really epic and then um more recently garden state oh yeah that's one of nicole's favorite yeah that is a 
incredible soundtrack. Yeah. The Waiting Line. Yeah. Um, Zero Six or whatever. Shins. Uh, Six Underground. We went to see the Shins. Sneaker Pimps. Because of that. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Shins are incredible. Yeah, Do you have awesome. tickets for... Um, Pixies? Are you a Pixies fan? Nah. Any nah. tickets this summer? Anything I like the you're excited about? I like the Pixies. No. No, I do. I miss every show. Like, just you're too busy. It's just they're never on the nights I can really go, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's some that are coming up that are like more on Tuesdays and, and, and whatnot. Mondays, Tuesdays Send that I'm links, excited about. Because I'm all about the it. The Roxian. I've been really happy with some of their shows. Yeah. Um, I'm really upset I missed Homeboy Sandman when he came. He yeah. was at Spirit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and I thought that would have been really fun. He came Make to sure you have fun. Afterwards, yeah, he came. Th- he came through. Uh, that's I cool. wasn't there, of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I totally missed it. I have, uh, I have one of his records signed behind me. That's cool. Because um, you know he was. Uh, honestly, actually, I didn't hang out with him in New York, but when he played in South Florida, when I was taking pictures at the bar where I met my wife, um, called Revolution Live, he played there, and I got oh, to nice. meet him after the show. Yeah, got yeah. a record signed. So that's cool. He's great. Yeah, yeah. Shout out, homeboy, homeboy Sandman. Super bald, mm-hmm. so old. But we it all work. are. It works. We all are. It works. Um, no, you have a lot of hair. That's <laughs> the headphones pushing it forward. <laughs> Can you talk about how you find music and like where you like what what you use to? to yeah, I you, mean, you're collecting MP3s right for the last 15 years or, or more. Oh yeah, at least, I mean more than that probably. I was in Serato, you know, or but longer than that. Yeah. Do you still buy records or buy? Not really. 45s or no, I'm not even LPs? gonna. I'm not even gonna front. Just, I haven't. I haven't gone record shopping in a long time. I've. I've often thought I'm gonna start a new record collection, but I just never do it. Like a totally new one. My record collection's at the bar behind. Oh yeah, I was wondering whose records those were. Yeah. Those are all yours. But all all the records are out, and they're all in Tupperware, or, or Tupperware, like bit huge plastic bins, like down in the basement, like stacked. Um, wait, wait, wait. wait. So, so whenever we, me and my dad built basically the whole bar ourselves, when we built the shelves, I always wanted to put my records behind the DJ booth because I thought it was just a super cool look. And whenever we built it, we didn't brace the shelves. So there's like these free floating shelves and they were just like one by wood that we painted black. And when we put all the records in, they sagged and it looked terrible. So then I took all of the, well, the vinyl is out. All the, those are all empty. They're all empty. Yeah. (laughs) They're, they're all, they're all, and I was about to ask if any DJs tried to steal any, because well, you know I would have. If you think about it, it's, it was kind of a, it was kind of a, I don't think I really wanted my whole collection up there with different DJs in there every night, because there it probably would have got jacked. There are some, it looks there, great. There are some random records speckled in there where if something were to, if there was a catastrophe, I we could play something. It's the most um like American thing to just have a picture of records, but no actual records there. They're in the building and we can pull them out if you'd like. Um, (laughs) I had a DJ um, that had an all vinyl night and he was like, can you play all vinyl? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, you want to play my night sometime? And I don't think he thought I could play all vinyl. And I was like, I would love to. And he's like, really? And I'm like, yeah. So I like went, and dug through all the bins, which was a nightmare because I'm so yeah. used to looking at the sleeves. Yep. So I'm flipping through a million, you know, roll of quarters, as <laughs> as, the, as the DJ would say. Ooh, that's cool. And just pulling random ones out, and then I like had them without the sleeves or anything. And as I'm playing, I'm flipping through. But that was that was actually a really fun night. Uh, well, yeah, I love it too. I haven't been doing it as much. I was I was collecting 45s and thinking about playing, you know, all vinyl. 
I think more so when people started streaming right away, because I was thinking what I'll do is just play my records on stream. Yeah. And people will relate to that in some way, I think. Um, but I just haven't been as interested lately. You know, I think this has occupied more of my time and it's been, it's just been more fun. Yeah. The, it's I expensive. Mean, Music's crazy. Now, Shopping. Right? Like, like I spend enough money just on MP3s and I, and I think that's enough. I'll tell you something funny about me. It's probably the most exciting time for music maybe ever because it's just so crazy. Music's crazy and there's so much different stuff. I'm probably the least excited about music. I feel overwhelmed when I think about music now just because of like how I grew up listening to music. And I've been saying this for a while, but it's when I hear, when I finally hear something that I like really, really like, I get like really into it, but um, yeah, I mean, I have Apple Music, Spotify. I still listen to the Benji B show every week. That's I get a lot of my new stuff that I personally just listen to from his show. Um, yeah, and then you know, if there's like a specific genre that I'm feeling like, oh, I want to listen to House today when I get in the car, I'll listen to like, I'll go on Mixcloud and listen to DJ mixes or you know, the deep house show or something like that. You know? And then when you're, when you're actually getting the records it like, are you paying for music on Bandcamp or SoundCloud or are you like just getting them on SoulSeek or DJ services? Are you part of any DJ services? Never been on SoulSeek. Um, I'm on Bandcamp. I, I haven't bought anything on there in a while. Uh, people send me stuff. Yeah. I'm on one record pool right now, which is a private pool. It's awesome. I can tell you about it. That you pay for? Yes. And uh, it's amazing. And if you're interested, I can tell you a little bit about that. But it's like on top secret. And uh, yeah. I'm still on Benzies. You are? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I know a lot of people that are still on Benzies. Yeah, what Red. I? I know Red's Fine. on it. Red bought like the Lifetime yep. package yeah, 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 or something yeah. Once like that. I, bought, I bought that thing like yeah. de- you know, a decade ago, so I still have the login. That, that, that moment was – and shout out to Benzie. I mean he has an amazing record pool. It's awesome. But like it, the way he has his setup is just like too overwhelming for me. Too yeah. many records. It's just like I can't go through all that. Like I was on DJ City for a long time. I've tried them all. Uh, the last one I was on was Club Killers, which I did, I did Dave, really like. Digital Dave. He's – I don't know if he's affiliated, but he's he's tight with them. Yeah, um, I'm not sure who started that. I can't remember. It's some Vegas guys, but for club records, it's awesome. You know, great remixes on there. DJ City's still awesome. You know, it's like you know, it's just like, what do you play? Like, I'm not going to those sites looking for stuff to listen to. It's not that's not it. So but it's if, two separate things. Totally. Yeah, for sure. It's always been. It's always been. Yeah. Yeah, but I think that. It wasn't always, right? I mean, you were listening to the music you were playing when you first started off. You were listening to the hip-hop that you were excited about and you were DJing it, no? Maybe sometimes, you know, but like ever since I started DJing, I've been playing like pop music for the most part, popular music, you know, whether it's hip-hop, top 40, you know, that's what I'm known for and that's cool. I like playing popular music. I like making people dance to it. I think it's really important to know when you DJ that you can still play music that a lot of other DJs are playing. It's not so much the music, it's how you're playing it. And I think that's like something that really gets overlooked, you know, in the DJ world. It's like, if I had a, if, if, if a veteran DJ came to me and they're like, where are you spending? Like, I will tell somebody right now, stop spending all of your time going through all the record pools and trying to find new crazy cool remixes and play 
the songs that people know, play the original version, but figure out a cooler way to play it. Like, totally. You, know, you, that's just combined, you just combined the two best pieces of DJ advice I've ever gotten. One from Bonnex, which was play the hits. Yeah. And two from Alex Burkat, which was play the original version. Yeah, there you go. And I think that those yeah. two pieces of advice, I mean, there's nothing better that I've ever heard. Yeah. The, the first one, because just like all the things you said, um, there's no more powerful tool for a dance floor than nostalgia. Totally. And if you're playing music that people don't know, it's almost always because you're trying to feed your own stuff. It's, it's ego. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing we were talking about earlier. And then the second, the original version is so important because of sound quality. You know, every edit it's, yeah, it's shit. Yeah. It's a, a shot in the dark. Yeah. You have no idea how many times it went from 320 to 128, back to 320 to wave, back to 320, 128, 256, sat on a jump drive, somebody's iPhone portable jump oh, tape, and crazy. then thrown back on your hard drive, and now you're DJing for people. Yep. Like, no. Unacceptable. Yeah. Sounds like shit. I Somebody still, warped I still it. spend a ton of money on iTunes, you know? Like, when I'm getting ready for a gig, if I'm like, oh, I want to make an edit of this, I'll still buy the... Buy it off of iTunes, you know what I mean? It's nothing, but, you know, especially when you're collecting MP3s, if you're DJing MP3s, if you're DJing Waves even, go to the source. Yeah. Find, get as close to that mastered cut as yeah. you can. Don't get me wrong, I still love a good eight-bar intro, but yeah. you. It's The difference is knowing the song well enough where you're like, I don't need a, this version with an eight-bar intro when I can just drop into it or, you know, whatever it might be. This little two-bar drum thing is perfect for me to drop into this, you know? Totally. I think that's overlooked, too. Yeah, so playing maybe less edits. I think that's also good good advice. What about making edits? Are you... I still make a ton. Involved? Dude. Yeah. Hundreds a year? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But you never release them? Nah. They're yours. They're not, like... <laughs> I don't make... Every once in a while, I'll make... I'm sitting on probably, like... I did these little packs over COVID. I called them five pieces, and it's like five remixes that I made. A lot of them were older, and then it like sparked this new found. You know, I got a bunch of cool ideas. I only really make a edit if I have like a really cool idea for a remix or something where I'm like, oh, this will sound cool over this. Also, another huge thing is like. Uh, well, it's changed now with stems and everything. And now you can get acapellas for other stuff. But for a long time, it was like, how many times can we keep using these same acapellas? Yeah, yeah. every ninety-nine problems, dirt off my shoulder. Yeah. Like, yeah, all we have are the are, are the like nine Jay Z acapellas. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I still mm, toil around with some of the same acapellas. But anyway, uh, I'm sitting on maybe like ten really good ones that are like intricate and creative and you know blending weird stuff together with you know layering the songs in a different way that you might not have thought of and i'm probably going to put those out at some point i just haven't had time maybe but, it needs to be like a dust brothers thing where you're actually making it original enough that you can bring in local rappers and have them create something truly original over something it. else and then i've it's never a, done it's your album yeah i mean i was talking to no casino and like some of these other big fan and, and femi and like hearing about some of these local rappers that are actually really amazing. I mean, Femi dropped a couple names. I won't be able to come up with them off the top of my head, but listen to that episode. And my yeah. God, they're, they're killers. They're local with hundreds of thousands of hits on their records. And like, and I mean, no casino has like projects with 10 or 11 or 12 different rappers that are all like 
really serviceable and I See, think I need to dive could into pop that more. off. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. With I'm just, time. I'm out of the loop with all the yeah. that stuff right now. It all that's the one thing I hate about it's like what I was saying earlier. Like I feel like it's I feel like bogged down by all the options, you know? Yeah. But I, I have a couple friends that were in text threads and they'll be like, yo, check out this project and you know, I have a couple friends that are really into hip hop and they'll be like, you'll like this guy. And they'll send me something. And I'll be like, oh, this is dope. As That's how I got into like Griselda or like yeah. those guys. Yeah. Um, but there's no stage. There's no stage at the Goldmark. So nah, one, yeah. and, and there's no more uh, uh, scenario. Yeah. Which did have a crazy stage. Crazy DJ booth. Well, I remember walking up some altar though. I was on an altar for sure. It was. It was the altar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there was like a. Wait, well, we basically built it as a booth. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> It would have been it would have been cool for hip hop shows would have been insane there. We we did a few crazy things in there for sure, uh, but it wasn't as big as everybody thought it was. It, just, it had really high ceilings, and everybody just thought it was like this massive three thousand person club. The whole place held, was three hundred person occupancy, which is not very big. Yeah, yeah, because it had the downstairs that's two too, floors. right? Yeah, it's yeah, two yeah, floors. Yeah. yeah, it reminded me a little of um, uh, the the downstairs there reminded me of the downstairs club at the Delano. In uh, South Beach, never was there. <sighs> That's a great, great spot. It's called. Um, I don't. It might have changed names. The name of the actual club. But that was a cool, a cool little spot. I don't think I've been there. That spot in Koyo Taco, the back room there. Love Koyo. That's those are two of my Hell favorite yeah. places to dance in Miami. Oh, dude. FDR, I Slamming. thought it was maybe called. Yeah, that sounds familiar. Maybe. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. That back room was crazy. It was Koyo. sweaty though. Yeah. Just like the walls dripping. In Koyo. Yeah. Dude, literally the craziest, loudest sound system. Yeah, yeah, no. And they're nuts. blowing your head off. And they don't care if there's five people in there. You walk in, you're there's. I remember one night going there in Nicole, and it event we had eventually had to leave because I was like, it was just exploding my head. But it sounded great. I was talking, yeah, yeah all the sound is is high quality. I was talking, I, I was literally talking to my boss today about um, driving to Winwood when I used to live in South Florida. And having to wait on the exit ramp for an hour and a half to get off just because of all of the tourists really? going to Wynwood. Wow. And, you know, driving from Boca, it would take two, and, was, two that, and a half hours. That was when it, like, really popped off. No, Tuesday night. It would be one hour to drive normally, and then you'd be on the exit ramp for an hour and a half. And that was my point, was that I don't think I could live in Miami again. Like, and it's gotten worse, I'm sure. Miami is probably, I probably go there more than anywhere else now. Yeah. And I love it. I just more, more or less because we go in the winter just because I hate cold weather. Yeah. You um, go for music week? No. I've actually never been there for That's music really week. fun. Yeah, I'm sure. You love it's that. Crazy. No yeah. way back. There's so like many years party. where I'm like, I'm going and I just never make You it. have to. Yeah. I think Damien Lazarus throws this party called No Way Back, which is one of Grace and I's favorites. Awesome. That's cool. Yeah. If I do go, I'll have to hit you up. You have to give me all the all the uh recommendations but yeah winwood we've been going to winwood for years and it's crazy how you know it's it's different now but yeah there's a lot of spots that came and went there that were really really cool and you know i don't think i could ever live there though i think for me uh, i'm trying to get back to the midwest i want to stay here or i want to do ann arbor maybe cincinnati louisville indiana i don't know that's cool what do you think I'm going south, bro. Really? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Or or west. You, yeah. You're, At some point. You can imagine a time when you aren't living in Pittsburgh anymore? Yeah. I think so, yeah. I, I don't think I'll ever, like, fully leave because my family and, you know, I have so many friends here. But um, I can definitely envision a time where 
either my wife and I are traveling extensively, like nonstop. That's like one of our main goals. Or we uh, have a little bit more of a buy a house somewhere else. Or You know what I mean? Like I'm not opposed to Florida. I like the South. I'm good. Like I just, I'm so over the winter. I hate the winter. It's brutal. And like right now in Pittsburgh, and you know, hopefully there's people listening to this that don't live in this area, but like, dude, my allergies are Oh, insane. I got to talk about this. I'm so excited to talk about this. When I was growing up in Ann Arbor, I had such bad allergies that I thought I was allergic to my own hair. I thought I was allergic to cats, and I thought that I had terrible seasonal allergies until this past year. Really? I took Allegra and Claritin every day of my life for the last decade until this past year, and I have completely solved you've, my allergy you've, problem. You've changed it. So you were even taking Claritin and Allegra? Didn't matter where I lived. Like even in the winter? Around every single day, even in the winter. I always thought it was seasonal, though, because... You know, it was maybe a little worse in the summer, in the spring, maybe. And I always associated with it. Plus, everybody said they had hay fever. Everybody said it was seasonal allergies, seasonal allergies. It wasn't fucking seasonal allergies. I was eating garbage. I was allergic to the food I was putting into my body. I could see that, yeah. DJ Nugget. Part two. Let's do it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that would be really fun. I feel like we left tons to talk about. Oh, dude, we, there's so much meat on the bone. Yeah. Let's get a picture together. We'll, okay. we'll let my kid upstairs and we can take a picture. Absolutely.